I'm Neil Wilkins, and welcome to The Mindful Living Show. Joined uh, today here by uh, Graham Hall, who uh, describes himself as thinker at the Saturn Project. That is uh, his, uh, I guess, claim to fame and uh, current uh, focus on a a project basis. Um, Having said that, as we're going to hear as we uh, get into conversation, uh, Graham is a very interesting character when it comes to political and economic and, um, I guess, societal observation um, is the way I would sort of uh, tee this one up. Um, If you are a follower or you are part of uh, Graham's uh, connections and um, contacts on uh, both LinkedIn, Facebook and other uh, social networks are available and you'll certainly know he is um, what you might term prolific uh, in his posting of observation and um, things that are kind of going on right here right now so um, yeah we're going to keep this um, rather than sort of do it as an interview um, which uh, a lot of the uh, sort of recent um, broadcasts that I've done have been a lot more kind of questions and answers. I thought we'd get into a bit more of a conversational style um, with this one, which I think is probably more in keeping with Graham's um, approach to uh, to the world. So um, welcome to the session then, Graham. Thanks, Neil. Thanks very much for inviting me. Yeah, so, I mean, you're obviously a big um, observer of um, obviously everything that's going on right now. Um, how do you I mean how do you see this thing playing out I mean obviously we, we none of us have crystal balls and we can't kind of project into you know the coming weeks or months but I think for some of us we're kind of observing sort of trends and movement and development and I, I guess the big sort of million dollar question is where is this all heading where, where are we going with this yeah <laughs> I'm not going to contribute to uh any more false uh expert advice on what the hell is going on because I honestly don't believe anybody does and I think that there obviously we need to be able to plan ahead but I think that the uh, the biggest quality we should be looking for in our others too actually in my my opinion is there's two qualities one is to keep an open mind I think that um What's happened was a black swan. It shouldn't have been a black swan. It shouldn't have been this kind of unpredicted event that came from left field and we didn't kind of prepare for. We should have, frankly. But nonetheless, it was a black swan in the same way that um, the the financial crisis of 2008 was a black swan, which shouldn't have been a black swan. So that's one thing. We should keep our minds open because... um, we don't know what's happening and there is a state of being I think where we can be just open and aware and observant and not jump to conclusions not try and have the answer there and then this is a highly dynamic situation we need to be gathering data and information from all sorts of areas and um and I think that the first quality that we should be having as a, as a, as a marketing group, for example, uh, is to, to be aware of, of, of so many of the various changing uh, aspects of uh, what's happening right now. These are, these are kind of catalytic times. Things will spin out of this, I think, which, uh, which should actually. I mean, I don't want to suggest that you benefit from this these problems, this crisis, but there are opportunities in here to do things differently 
and uh, so that's the first that's the first quality I keep coming back to in myself don't jump to conclusions and the second is try and feel comfortable with uncertainty um, they kind of related the two things um, we jump to conclusions because we don't like uncertainty um, but there's a fear in there and I think if you pull back from life from we're very very focused as people we get very very uh, concerned about very specific issues um, and actually I think there's a state in which you can see the bigger picture know how many things when you look at the bigger picture understand that life actually is quite uncertain you can get run over by a bus tomorrow you know all kinds of wonderful things can happen uh, that aren't what you were expecting and and i think that you should, we should just feel comfortable in that area feel comfortable in the in that what we're being dealt right now is um a very black and white stark example of how um unpredictable life can be we live in a very very habitual world we live within our own routines we live quite literally in a very very small mindset a paradigm of our own little making and actually the world and the universe um is a is a mysterious and wonderful place and uh, and we should embrace it for that uh, we should embrace this adventure um in every adventure there's a there's there's jeopardy and there's not knowing what's going to happen next and that's part of the journey so um that's the second thing i'm i'm ex i'm kind of enjoying to be honest is the sheer unpredictability of what's going on and i personally am enjoying that lack of certainty um so it's not difficult for me but i am aware my wife for example she's very uncomfortable with uncertainty so it's you kind of have to well i observe my wife and my children to be honest um trying to deal with this lack of uh solid things around them but actually i i think it's an opportunity for us to to kind of um work that muscle work that muscle of uh being comfortable in, in in uncertainty so those are the two things i would say so what my answers are not we should do this we should do that i think in many ways our, our my answer is we shouldn't do this we shouldn't do that we shouldn't jump to conclusions we should find out what's going on it would be a real shame if we just if we just kind of jump back to what we were before there's an opportunity here for us to, to tweak the way society works for example and, um, um, it's fascinating isn't it and i think the more we kind of <clears throat> almost become really really sort of interested in our perspective i think the more we can learn from this and i just wanted to pick up on some of the things that you're talking about there which was this whole idea about kind of observing and almost like taking that step back because i think there's something really nice about kind of just retreating just two or three steps back out of those kind of day-to-day -day habits or that real kind of polarization of oh i'm feeling anxious about this versus the other side of the spectrum which is wow what an opportunity feeling really positive because depending on which way you point or which way you face or who you listen to on any particular day 
it can really shape your perspective because mm. if you look at so if you jump straight onto the bbc website for example first thing <clears> in the morning you look at some of the the, the words like crisis um disaster um fear panic all of these really evocative words and suddenly you're into one camp which is the oh dear actually no this is really serious and then you start to kind of take a few steps back and look at this from a an opportunity to be spending more time with your loved ones to tend to the garden to take a little bit more exercise to maybe get up a little bit later in the morning because you don't have to do the commute and all those lovely little things that you can kind of almost like resort back to because they're things that aren't there as you say in those daily sort of habitual sort of behaviors that we do so to me it's really about it's that choice and i think that was a really nice way that you kind of put it that people have got a choice here um and it might only be because of their financial situation or their kind of living situation that the choices are very very small um, yeah. but you do have a choice of controlling the perspective that you take on this and you know i am totally totally aware that you know for some people this is both an emotional physical um and kind of mental strain really because of the the scenario or the situation they're in and i you know i really genuinely feel for for people in that sort of environment because they probably are feeling very trapped and very isolated yeah. but for some of us um and again i'm just i'm not judging here i'm just taking a few steps back here for some of us this is this is a huge opportunity because actually the whole kind of isolation thing the whole kind of distancing socially um if you're an introvert this is this is manna from heaven this is wonderful time um, and i can certainly identify with that because the fact i don't have to be out there doing a whole bunch of meetings and sharing a lot of my kind of energy if you like my energy bank account in a particular day i can channel this in a way that you know i can have conversations like this and then switch off and then retreat and i'm in this kind of safe little bubble so I think it's really kind of where you begin the day with the perspective of how you're looking at this kind of mm. almost then shapes up the rest of your day. I think um, you and I are on entrepreneurs. We're not corporate beasts. I possibly, I don't know a massive amount of your background, but I imagine that you've been, your trajectory is similar to mine, whereby I've kind of rejected that desire to be within a very formalized office environment where there's a hierarchy, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that people like you and I are kind of somehow more hardwired to, to living without a paycheck, without a regular paycheck. We're more willing to take each day as it comes and throw the dice a little bit more than a lot of people. Um, but we are, I don't know, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's totally right. And I think, um, you, you can argue that could be trained but i think there's something in the dna um that kind of just allows you to identify with the it's, it's interesting because i think if you're in that kind of mindset that i need a job i need to be paid i need to have this kind of almost reliable existence that that's beyond me that it kind of it serves me and my needs mm versus the kind of mindset i guess that as you, as you say that you and i are in and obviously there are many many others who do this which is that no i'm happy with that accountability I'm, I'm happy to take a few of those risks but actually what i'm doing is i'm kind of taking those steps back and i'm looking at that bigger picture and i'm saying do you know actually it's just what it is 
it's not a challenge it's not negative it's not positive it's not an opportunity it's just what it is and then as you kind of described it's almost then the ability to and if it is in the dna great i'm so thankful it is um but then it's that ability to kind of float and flow with it yeah and and that is about i guess being not judgmental about it and it's much more about just accepting it's what it is looking at it maybe analyzing it picking it apart a little bit and saying is there anything in this for me if there is i'm going to jump in if there isn't okay well i'll leave it for somebody else and i'll move on yeah, yeah. This is probably about that kind of mindset thing isn't it yeah i i always thought that uh some people enjoy well you know it's, just, it's not in any way pejorative i'm not suggesting one way is good or bad but i've always felt there was something of an illusion to the idea that you had a job and therefore you were secure um jobs and jobs come and go uh corporations come and go so it, it, yes there's slightly more security when you're in a big corporation but you you might do a bad job one day and get the sack it does there's the security that people perceive is never as secure as they think it is is my point i think at that and that kind of feeds back to the point i made earlier on about uh, just living in you know, we live within these routines, but the routines are perhaps not as um, as robust or as reliable as we as we like to think they are. We habitually get to put our trust in. So mm. um, I th these are days of these are this these days these these are days these are extraordinary days. Let's just make that very clear. There's nothing been like this since I guess the Second World War. Uh, where daily life has turned upside down in the way it has and without certainty of the future um, but uh, in kind of some weird way I'm I'm grateful that I'm experiencing it yeah and it's it's a really interesting one this this whole thing about kind of being grateful for something like this because I, I guess there would be people watching um, and listening to this who have been directly affected yeah. by somebody they know contracting <clears throat> coronavirus yeah. and then potentially even dying from this and I, I guess us sitting here and kind of musing over this subject about you know how can you sort of you know take a, a scenario like this and view it positively if you've been impacted in that kind of way there's this obviously and, and any of us could be at any point in time and this is the the beauty and also the beast of this uncertainty is that it is almost like you have to if you're going to accept this thing and you're going to treat it as an opportunity you have to be all in and if you are all into this then you have to accept that there's consequences yeah. and the consequence could be that you know you and i sat here positively feeling about this today and yet tomorrow something significant happens and somebody very close to us if not ourselves get directly affected by this so it's an interesting one isn't it because it's all about this are we really into this or are we just enjoying this as almost like a semi-holiday because we're actually able to work from home and the weather's been great it's an interesting dynamic because we're either in or we're kind of semi-in or we're going to feel the anxiety yeah. i think that there's a uh, thinking back to i mean my grandparents are dead now but you could ask people who had lived through the Second World War, and obviously there was lots of horrible, horrible hardships, but also they often was a sense of they kind of enjoyed it. They enjoyed the camaraderie, they enjoyed the community spirit, 
they, you know, they making food out, making, it's like that, I've not seen that movie, um, the, the potato skin film about Guernsey, but there was, there was a kind of everybody pulling together feeling, which is a benefit and it was a benefit you know if you do a cost-benefit analysis of the second world war it wouldn't be the top thing but there was there were good things that came out of it too and uh and i am um you know there's uh there's uh, there's an opportunity for us to explore feelings that we've probably never had before and ex and uh, situations that we've never had before it's a testing time you find out what you're like in times of troubles and um, so as i say i'm i'm not i'm kind of okay about being here mm. and i think as if if you have a i guess a natural tendency for stoicism i think it's probably one of those things that um again probably there is that similarity with um you know, having lived through, say, the Second World War, is that the Stoics would have probably found kind of solace in that determinism, as you say, that um, you know, camaraderie, that it's going to be okay tomorrow, we are going to get through this, that real kind of Stoic attitude. But at the same time, as you say, it was interesting that you used the word enjoy, um, because I think it is about non-judgment, really. I think this whole thing is... Um, is doable, is manageable, is enjoyable, to use that word, if you're able to kind of view it. And I, I keep talking about this, and I know I've talked about this you know, many times with people I engage with, and um, I always talk about this kind of taking a few steps back and kind of almost not putting yourself in the situation and observing without judging it. I, I guess a lot of the time when we sort of talk about this, we take all this kind of stuff because it is a very personal thing. We kind of almost take it personally. I mean, obviously you work with lots of um, sort of big brands and you kind of advise and guide and, you know, evolve brands um, for and on behalf of clients. How are you kind of sort of seeing that sort of take shape at the moment? Are, are brands kind of doing a good job? I mean, obviously we've seen the likes of um, sort of Sports Direct at the start of the process yeah. where they completely got it wrong I mean so fundamentally wrong and then we're seeing a whole bunch of brands who have really embraced it they're doing stuff for higher purpose they're giving back they're kind of reallocating resources and production lines for the greater good you know kind of how are the brands that you're working with how are they kind of you know experiencing this and and responding um I think um I just sort of uh go back a step, um, the Saturn project, which is a, yeah, uh, an agency I've set up with a couple of colleagues, is looking at how to create trust between consumers and products and brands and companies. It's our, it's our contention that um, with all of the information that's available these days, uh, you can find out what a brand is up to and you can find out whether what they say in their advertising is follow through in their behavior. So uh, our contention is let's stop trying to pretend that we're something we're not. Just be honest with people and uh, getting understand what people uh, want and try and deliver what they actually want, not what you've got to sell them. <laughs> um, now a spin-off of that, or it was yeah, it's a spin-off, um, was at the beginning of this whole uh, lockdown. Um, was to look at how these various brands were behaving because we believe 
at Saturn that you should walk the walk. You can't just uh, make shit up, frankly. So I looked at a whole bunch of different brands and uh, put them in a, in a little website, little plug here, fame or shame dot info. And uh, in there I've listed a hall of fame and a hall of shame and a hall of lame, actually. So um, what I'm seeing, actually, is, as you say, at the beginning, there was a lot of faux pas. I mean, I actually wouldn't say faux pas so much as um, the mask slipping. And we saw a lot of not particularly ethical brands just behaving as they think thought thought they could and have done in the past. But in these heightened times, you know, we're much more sensitive to that kind of opportunistic, avaristic approach. So yeah, in the hall of shame is things like uh, Mike Ashley and a whole bunch of other brands that uh, thought Weatherspoons, for example, they could uh, just you know, cut and run, have no responsibility for their employees. And, uh, and I just wanted to, I, I just wanted the world to know, to be able to remember what happened. So there's a little archive there of, of, of some of those actions. There's also a larger archive now of the Hall of Fame, because there are genuinely a whole bunch of wonderful businesses who have, uh, you know, put their business to one side and said, okay, what can we do to help instead? And uh, there's lots and lots of uh, really great brands in there. And then there's this much smaller group, <laughs> it's called the Hall of Lame, who are, it's a gray area uh, where a, bra a business may have um, decided to do something that looks particularly um, altruistic. Um, but there's a whiff of PR about it. It looks as though potentially they were doing it to get the PR. And uh, that's a much more, I think that's a more difficult uh, judgment call to make. And time will tell whether uh, that the intention was genuine or whether there was some sort of ulterior motive. But uh, yeah, there's a little, there's a little group in in uh, in the Hall of Lame, which outlines that. I actually personally believe, uh, in the grand scheme of things, is that the whole shamers will now be going, oh, flipping it! Why did we do that? You know, we completely misread the uh, the situation. And actually, a bunch of, I think in the there is, let's say, Waitrose, for example, is in the, both the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Shame because they did some fairly shameful things to their employees, but then they sort of rallied around and started doing some genuinely positive things, I think. Um, I think that what we're seeing is people, are, these businesses are getting the picture. They're going, okay, shit, we better, you know, for not, not, not for their own reason, not for their own personal gain, but they're going, we've got capacity here, we can be doing something interesting, we can be doing something helpful, and they are stepping up to the plate. And I actually believe that we're all kind of getting the hang of this more socially conscious behaviour, which can only be a wonderfully good thing. I think just going back to the war, after the war, there was an Attlee government, so don't, this isn't a socialist, this isn't a political point, it sounds like it is, but it, hopefully it's not. After the war, 
uh, after Churchill had done wonderful things leading us through the war, straight after the war, he was voted out by this uh, reforming Attlee, socialist Attlee government. And I think that what had happened was that during the war, we realised actually we've got to all pull together to get through this. And by the time and when the war finished, people said, yeah, that kind of worked, didn't it? Let's keep going. And I think that with the, we're, gonna, we're going through that same process right now. It's, um, it's actually uh, quite heartening, I think, um, to see. And, and, you know, absolutely, just go back to that fame, shame thing. You can redeem yourself. We, are, we all have feet of clay. I am no saint. I've done shitloads of stupid things in my life and probably continue to do and will continue to do. But we can only be taken on, um, you know, who we are right now. And um, so, yeah, we can uh, keep growing, keep, keep trying to keep evolving, I think, maybe. I love the thing about I'm no saint. Um, and that's really, <laughs> there's a lovely honesty in there. And I would say, my yeah. God, yeah, my God. Yeah, that's, see, I think if there's one thing I hopefully have taught my kids, this sounds very kind of preachy. It's, it's the term, um, you know, um, uh, your hip, hip, hypocrisy. It's not that I'm political, it's just I kind of have a thing about hypocrisy. Uh, and I'm a hypocrite myself. I do loads of things that I shouldn't do. And I tell my kids to do one thing and then do the other thing. But it's being aware of it and trying to kind of, trying to kind of work it out of your life. That's, my, that's an ongoing process, project mm. of mine, is to try and, and I, you know, just to call people out. They can do something about it afterwards, but, you know, and, if, and it's not even moralistic. If you're, if you're an evil person, you do evil things, then you're not being a hypocrite in a way. You're being true to yourself. I'm not suggesting you have to do what I say you do. It's about being consistent and that's what truth is all about. It's about being consistent with your words and your deeds are consistent. It, there is no, it's an amoral observation from my point of view. If you want to be truly evil, fine, but uh, as long as you tell people what you're about, there are uh, there may be a niche market for it. That was a different way. I wasn't expecting this conversation was going to go quite down that route. But so, I'm sorry, I do yeah. go off on one like that. But uh, honestly, I was would have expected nothing less from you. <laughs> but I think the point there is the word truth, isn't it? And I think it's really interesting that um, the fame and shame, and I love the lame as well, it's great. But the fame and shame kind of examples that you give, I think uh, are really interesting because what it's doing is it's it's almost kind of identifying the sort of the starting point for if you're a business person or if you're you know on a, on a board of directors if you're a large organization or you know if you're just making decisions either as an organization or even as a family it's kind of moving away from this is always how we've done it these are the old decision making paradigms this is our behaviors this is who we are and actually saying you know the world has fundamentally changed over the last month or so hold on we can change too actually mm -hmm. if we just want to press the pause button on everything that we've ever done mm -hmm. in the way that we've done it my god for the next two months we could do this yes. why don't we just go and play at doing yes, this exactly very this nice. is a really interesting time because yeah. 
obviously with government subsidies, with the grants available, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's almost like, oh, we've actually got permission now to kind of almost break that mold, that old original mold. And we yeah. can do this at a little personal individual level. We can do it you know, on behalf of our company. We can make a decision about our business or our brand to actually go in a completely different direction. Exactly. Apart from the example of you know, a world war that you've used there, to me, I can't think of another single example where we're ever going to get an opportunity like this again. Yeah, I, that's really nicely put, Neil. Um, I think there's a, you know, a lot of it isn't drastic. It's just trying to align yourself first, primarily, and this may be some, I think this is something that you get into in your line of work is understanding your purpose and then aligning with it. That's, that's it. Mm -hmm um the opportunity when we're kind of we don't have the day-to-day -day pressures perhaps um is to do some of that work right now get yourself aligned get yourself geared up um maybe winkle out some of those awful practices that you may be involved with but mostly i imagine it's kind of just tweaking and refining and better integrating even if it's just in a conceptual way, what you're about, because that will then guide you in your actions. But primarily, I guess, all of that is driven by a realization that it's worth doing and it's gonna be increasingly worth doing. It's a, it's a commercial decision and that's what Saturn is about. It's, we're saying, you know, in the future, the more trusted you are, the more, the more successful you're going to be. Um, so it's worth working on your trust issues. It's worth working on your trust index is what we kind of talk, talk about. How do you align yourself with your, with your truth? How do you start generating trust? These are kind of late marketing issues, I think. I think marketing is changing. I think uh, we've evolved. If you go right back to Victorian times when marketing really st started to kick in with all of those adverts in the in the newspapers saying buy per soap and all of this that kind of stuff um, it's gone from being quite simplistic but with a quite quite gullible audience let's say back in the victorian times they'd never seen advertising before they believed things <laughs> then we went through this amazing uh, ramping up of uh, pumping out advertising messages to uh, to a to a to a society that was up for it because of the um, the ability to keep improving our lifestyles, new inventions, new better improved products. You know, yes, the, your washing did get whiter and whiter and whiter as we perfected the formulas for washing powder. So we we believed advertising to a degree in that respect too because it genuinely was delivering on what it was promising but then we kind of get to the late 20th century and we get to what i i think is a postmodern period where we go hang on i don't need my clothes to be any whiter than than they were last year i don't need this new improvement this ball that i put in the washing machine this you know this sachet Actually, I remember back in the old days, it was all a lot more simple. So we kind of ran out of 
um, ability to deliver the new next wonderful thing and we reached a point where it was postmodern if you think modernism is all about improving things postmodern is going actually things are getting I think I I, I, it's in my mind or are things not as good as they used to be and um, wow that's quite a <laughs> extemporization the point I was making I'm trying to make is that marketing needs to catch up with where we are at now which is not hey life's gonna get better if only I own that we kind of have a bit we've kind of grown we've kind of begun to see through that and I think that marketing needs to catch up with that we need to stop telling lies about how much how great your life's going to be we need to start being honest with people as, as, as we say on our, our website, you know, we want to be friends with people. How are you friends? If you look at your personal life, how, why are you friendly with some people and not with other people? That's the relationship that will apply more and more with which brands are you going to choose, I, I think. Mm. Um, and so I think on the other, and I always say sort of on the other side, I keep finding myself using this phrase on the other side, you know, yeah. when we kind of come through this and we yeah. start to get oh, yeah. back into the wild again. I mean, for me, a world, I mean, you called it sort of postmodernism. I mean, if it was an almost post-consumerism, and I, yeah. there is this, for me, this big sort of um, dichotomy that's kind of approaching I think on the horizon which is we need to stimulate the economy therefore we need more people to be buying more stuff and then on the flip side of that is let's buy less stuff because actually we figured out in this current situation we don't really need anything we don't need the new clothes we don't need the flashy new car we don't need the new watch we can do with what we've got and we can repurpose what we've got and recycle and blah 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 so it's going to be a really interesting point where I think, and, and I totally, totally buy into your um, argument about the fact it's about relationships and value. To me, the whole thing about brand and marketing and, um, you know, communication of value is, is, is now so far away from actually the product that you're offering and now so much more into the value and the outcomes of the relationship. So it's kind of, how does that brand make me feel? How does it improve my world? So if I buy product A versus product B, if product A enables and empowers and fuels a better world for me, I'm going yeah. to product A. I don't really care what product A is versus product B, but if it gives me that outcome, that mm -hmm. higher value, and I can buy into the, the brand story, then, wow, I'm going for product A. Yeah. And to me, that's a, a huge opportunity on the other side. Mm. which you know i'm really really hopeful that everybody in the world kind of gets no. <laughs> because obviously there's this huge danger that we just think oh right we're back to normal and i just yeah. don't want the normal to be the normal yeah absolutely yeah how many people are like us we'll find out i guess we were with the comments on the side or below yes yeah. <laughs> this recording um the, there's a couple of things that spring to mind from that um one is well one is a massive again it sounds like s politics but there is a question mark over the free market model of continually grow continually growing i mean we have to question that only in as much as the world is has finite resources and uh, how can you continue to grow within a finite you know playing field so that's one question 
And the other question is um, a bit more immediate is, um, I'm, a, I'm an inveterate website builder, I think, suddenly. Um, there's this other idea I have, which is called Middleman, which is about looking for product, which is neither the super flashiest nor the cheapest. So it's neither a Rolex watch nor a, some cheap knockoff from China in terms of watches. Watches is an area I've done a lot of work in. There's this kind of bunch of really well-made things in the middle that aren't the most expensive but are going to last you for ages and really deliver on what they promise. Um, and I think, and I want to kind of build this little club where we can start talking about brands which we feel fit with it within that kind of because there's longevity in that. There isn't there isn't this constant need to repair. Although uh, they may have repair shops. I mean, Patagonia is a, is a is an example. I think yeah, it's an expensive product, but you can take it into the shop and they'll fix it for you. Those are actually old, really old, old school artisan values that, that we've kind of lost. Uh, that kind of, you know, cop, nobody goes to a cobbler's anymore to get your shoes fixed. But perhaps we ought to. Perhaps we ought to be buying brands that have those components to them. That fits within a finite, uh, you know, economic system, perhaps. Um, yeah, so a couple of thoughts there. <laughs> and I, I really love that idea of kind of self-reflection as an individual, but also then the example that you've given as as a business, you can self-reflect, you can look at this and, and almost you know, get those flip charts out, get the pens out, start to draw, start to use your sticky notes yeah. to kind of just open up the opportunities and the potential yeah. here. Because this isn't something that, you know, this month you have to sell X amount of product because your business plan said at the start of the year that in April or May whatever you're going to hit these targets it's mm. all of that's gone out the window for now mm. and you're either in survival mode or you're in opportunistic mode and if you're in that opportunistic mode and you could be in survival mode and decide actually I'm not going to stay there I'm just going to take the opportunistic moment and just spend the next week to just open up and look at all those innovative ideas and you know if, i mean it's a lovely example that kind of middleman sort of thing where it's just you might come up with something you think you know actually all we're going to do we're not going to sell new product for the next few months we're going to revisit all our existing customers and see what we can do for and with them yeah with the product they've already got what yeah an interesting little exploration that would be yeah so i think what we're kind of summing up i think here is the opportunity of self-reflection and just really being open and honest and authentic. And you've used the word truth quite a number of times in this conversation, just being truthful and just looking inside and saying, what is this moment about? Mm. What, what can I bring out of the opportunity that this could be a once in a generation, once in a yeah. lifetime moment? If yeah. you take this opportunity, you could look back on the old normal and say, oh, I missed the chance. I missed mm. the boat and now it's gone. So I don't want people to do that. I want people to just you know, embrace this moment. Mm. So yeah, it's exciting, really exciting. Cool. So Saturn Project, if people want to find out a little bit more about both Graham Hall, the thinker, and the Saturn Project sort of more generally, how can they get hold of you? Um, well, there's a website, um, the terrible name, the dash saturn dash project.com um you can find me through linkedin and by the way it says thinker there because i'm the planner 
and uh, my colleagues are a creative and a uh, account manager, for want of a better word. And um, we are a, um, you know, we're just a part of a, we're the hub of a network that can pull in different uh, skill sets, such as yours, to define, um, you know, what brands are about and then how do you express that through the world, in the world. So that's, that's that. And um, yeah, um, currently trying to write a book about, about it called Winning Trust. And, um, you know, quite enjoying, as I say, enjoying the, the time not to be on the hamster wheel quite so much and uh, getting some of this stuff done because um, <clears throat> when you're working, it's really hard to, to actually do the reflecting and, uh, and that's where we're all at now, I think. It's been really fascinating as ever talking to you, Graham. So I really appreciate your time today. And I just imagine that there might be a couple of topics that are going to resonate uh, with anyone listening and, and watching this that um, are going to rise to the surface. And we may well be able to do a little deep dive uh, exercise on those uh, in future episodes. So thank you again for your time today. And I'd just like to say thanks to you because when I first came to Somerset, you were really kind and gave me um, a morning of your time just to orientate me. And uh, it was a very, very nice gesture. Oh, you're very welcome. We'll keep, we'll keep sharing and identifying the opportunities into the future, I've no doubt. All right. Cheers then. Thank you. Have a good day.